13 is a bad number. 12, we had the Knicks. <laughs> so uh, this is Sip Talk 12A. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Tenant Protection Act uh, and good cause eviction. And we're going to be talking about pets in apartments and the coronavirus. And coronavirus tips because it's trending. So uh, today we're drinking some scotch and some wine. You guys need a refill? Jamie might. We had a busy morning. We did. Do you want to explain what we did this morning? Sure. So we had um, the first ever real estate roundtable, which is a brand roundtable that we've done for the last five years across the state of New York uh, that originated in western New York and has been brought all over from Syracuse to Albany. And today was the first day we did Manhattan. And we had 65 people, I believe, register yeah. for that. And we did a panel discussion on what good cause eviction would do from every owner across the state of New York, as well as tenants. Uh, because one of the messages we want to make sure we get out is compassion for tenants and making sure tenants have choices in where they live and that it can still be a contractual relationship between landlords and tenants. Cool. Cool. So I'm just going to pass this off to you, Adam. Before we get started, can I make a toast? You sure can. Happy Bees birthday, Jamie. Here, let me go. As many more. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's for, that's for Vanda. Happy birthday. All right. All right. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. All right. You're quasi off camera, but. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Um, so let's, uh, first thing I want to talk about is the coronavirus, mm -hmm. because that's very popular right now. I actually want to get coronavirus. I think I'm very healthy. I think it'd be a really good example. And a great podcast on what it's like to have the coronavirus. I think that'd be great. But I think I would, <laughs> coronavirus, from my understanding, is just about as bad as the flu, okay? Except we don't have a cure, which we also don't have for the flu. Right. We have a vaccine. Right. I've never had a flu vaccine, ever, ever. I think the majority of people have never had a flu vaccine. There's a lot more flu than there is coronavirus. coronavirus. I, I right. probably had the flu. I probably had the flu uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, no, oh, I did too. I had it in January. Yeah. You know that some people have had the coronavirus and have they're totally fine now? I didn't even know they had it. Exactly. Right. I think it's I've super hyped up. I think the percentage of people that have the flu and get sick from the flu is way worse, too, than the Absolutely. coronavirus. Yes. And, and more it's people targeting less, l lesser population. So, like, kids aren't being necessarily targeted by corona. That flu will hurt this year mm -hmm. more. And more intensely. people have died from the flu. Correct. In this country. But think about how many people fly during the holidays when flu is insane. Right. right. But are not flying now because of coronavirus. Given there's no cure for either. Having just flown yesterday, I can attest that oh, so people are crazy on the airplane. I've never seen the entire airplane be bleached as there people are getting on, and that's the reaction people are having. Clorox bleach wipes mm -hmm. down the entire aisle, windows, side, buckle. Wow. I mean, this is, this is what was happening. So I watched wow. the movie. What was the movie I watched the other day? Contagion. Uh, Contagion. <laughs> and Contagion is, is spreading very similar to the way coronavirus is, except Contagion, whatever this virus is, you die. Now, people die from the flu. Sure. Absolutely. But they don't die like they do in the movie right. Contagion. <laughs> Only the, you know. They look like they're whoever, dying like Chernobyl. It's whoever gets <laughs> right. this Contagion disease or virus right. dies no matter what. Mm -hmm. Most people who are going to get coronavirus are not going to die. Right. Just... I don't feel like we had this week. though with SARS. Like when, uh, like a couple years ago, like I don't know, years ago when we had the SARS thing. I don't feel like people are, were as impulsive to react to it. Like we had somebody cancel on our 
travel plans today to attend today. our brown table because of this, and mm -hmm. I don't think that has but, happened before. But bear in mind, because she has a child, a newborn child, so if she, if you got the flu right. and brought that back to the newborn child, that would be bad. Sure. I have sympathy there. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay. Sure. So I, I mean, I do have some sympathy, but I'm getting many emails, every, social media, every other post is about coronavirus, um, emails about how to prepare for coronavirus. So I will also say a personal anecdote. I drive a motorcycle to work most days, and traffic has actually ticked up steadily over the past two weeks. You think people and there's cars? less and less people on the subway, <laughs> so I'm obviously with deductive reasoning thinking well, that more and more people are taking other means of transportation to avoid being in public areas. I haven't heard this, but somebody was talking about the messages on the subway over the over the PA. What are the messages? Well, they're just kind of saying some precautions of like how to cough and like keep your hands to yourself and like it's it's a bit more of like common sense. Ca yeah, like cautionary, mm. like uh, be a bit more sanitized about like how you are on the subway. Don't be like the person. But what are, you know, what are the uh, open meal Linda, you've heard these messages? What do they say? They're like, saying, like, wash your hands, like, cover your mouth if you cold, stuff mm -hmm. like that, that's Okay, okay. Well, cover your mouth without your hand, they're saying? Cover your mouth? Are they getting that specific? Oh, they're saying, like, cough into your, like, elbow, basically, and stuff like that. Really? I yeah. had people this morning that wouldn't shake my hand. Yeah, we had people They did the elbow, elbow thing. And I'm, okay. Elbow. Correct. It's cool. All right. Like, okay. I'm a neat and clean person, but, like, come on. Like, that's... Yeah. It doesn't affect anyone under the age of 39 years old, like at all. Like it's like they have a 0.022% chance of getting at all like I think you added two twice. Yeah, probably. Have you done anything? Actually, it makes it higher than 0.02. Oh, yeah, so it's 0.02. But you get the point that like it's not, it's, it, the, the mortality rate is really affecting people that are already susceptible to other symptoms. Like, mm -hmm. what is, like sure. Cruel, They're already compromised. Yeah. The elderly, people that are sick. Have you done anything in your office? to keep your employees safe from the coronavirus? No. We had a conversation back in December about working while we're sick, so. <laughs> oh, we did a podcast about working about when you're sick. <laughs> and I said, I'm just balls to the wall. If you're an independent contractor, you have to make your money, fuck everybody else. That's my thing on it. Now, if you're salary and you have sick time, take the time. Sure. But, you know. But there is something to be said, though. My maintenance guys, if they're sick, I tell them not to come in, not to come by me. Because then they get everybody else sick, and then they're all out. Today, they all left early because they didn't feel well, well. And that would be the argument to what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Fair, fair and solid argument. That happened because, to me. Yeah, you had, a, you had a whole bunch of agents. I got the, uh, an agent of mine got the flu. She pushed to come forward still because she was she brand new. She wanted to show up for work still. <laughs> she showed up for one day, got really sick, got the flu, and then my entire team out of 12 people got sick. He also I had an agent who spent the holidays in China, came back and worked for three days, went home sick one day, in the middle of the night, sent him an email or a text and said, I have to go back to China for a family emergency. And this didn't hit us until like three weeks after. Holy and shit, he came back for, from China, deathly sick. And, ha and then had to dip back home. And then like a week and a half, two weeks later, you just start hearing the news about this coronavirus that's happening mm. in northern China. That's where he's from. We all started to panic. So you could be sitting here with Corona right now. Probably, we don't I know. Mean, you know. The incubation period is <laughs> yeah. what, two days to two weeks? Something like yeah. that. No, yeah. I heard you can have it for two weeks and not have symptoms and be contagious. But two weeks, yeah, two exactly, weeks. is Correct. the incubation period. Please. So uh, is this, who, who released this, this notice? So this, this is, is the BOMA, which is the builders um, group that exists across the state. Have you seen this? No. Okay. Um, but they're giving tips on how to protect yourself. Right. So I just want to kind of touch some of their, their sure. high points here. Avoid close <laughs> contacts. Close contact with... Six inches or something? What did they say this morning? 
Really? Yeah. Avoid close contact with individuals showing <laughs> signs of illness. Okay. Uh, avoid touching your eyes, as I have an itch in my eye. <laughs> avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth, uh, without first washing your hands. So okay. wash and then touch away. Uh, wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. ABC's twice. Well, that should be anyway. Who counts how many seconds they wash their hands? Well, who counts how long that you brush your teeth? You guys count when you brush your teeth? Well, no, I have that electronic toothbrush, yeah, and exactly. it shuts off, so I don't have to think about it. Maybe you need to install faucets that run for 20 seconds. These ones don't even, yeah. Not even in for our free. Office, yeah. so. It's like, so there's a motion, in our office, there's a motion sensor. You hit the motion sensor, and you get a split second of water, and then you got to... So you gotta wash like one hand at a time while you block the sensor with the other hand. It's like a, it's like a game of like whack-a-mole. Like you, you well, gotta like constantly play dodge. And if somebody so gets sick, your they get bosses are lost. making you sick. Possibly, yeah. There it is. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, crazy. I think. Uh, I don't know what what else we have here. Additionally, refrain from to refrain from spreading the illness. If you're sick, stay home, cover your cough and sneeze with a tissue, and then throw the tissue in the trash. Clean and, and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. I'm not a clean, I'm not, I wash my hands after the bathroom out of common courtesy Thank for you. anybody else who Thank might be you. watching me go to the bathroom. <laughs> and when people aren't there, just to stick with habit. Thank right? you, Justin. But it's I, good like, to I don't, know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I all shake your hand. TMI. You guys saw War of the Worlds, right? The yeah. aliens came down here. Aliens came down. Yeah. They killed a bunch of people. Yeah. And then they got sick because they weren't used to our bacteria and they right. died. They, and they all died. Well, like without fail, really every daily alien, one after the other, died. Being exposed to germs is a good thing. It's so good for your I like system. germs. I get off the subway, I don't wash my hands. Do you lick the pole in the subway too, though? It's too far for me. <laughs> okay. But I'm not, I'm not one of those, you know. Why could I imagine him doing that? Because I've that. known him a long time. I, I've I seen him do it. I wouldn't raise like a, a bubble baby. And fuck, I'd lick a subway pole if you put money on it. Yeah. Wow. But just don't do a pole outside in the winter if it's wet. That that I read about. A la yeah. Christmas story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah right. Um, but anything else you guys want to add about about coronavirus? I gotta say, I do feel bad for the people that have it. Yeah. I think it's terrible, mm -hmm. but I think this is actually bringing awareness to common sense, which a lot of people have lost along the way. And if people were courteous and didn't sneeze and cough on other people and put their fingers where they don't belong and then touch someone, that's kind of rude. So it's kind of bringing back good manners, good health. I, I like the idea, yeah, potentially just bringing back good manners. Yes. Um, I don't like, I don't like to cough into my hand and then shake somebody's hand or, the, you know, when you sneeze and then you shake somebody's hand. That's nothing wrong with feeling just, yeah. guilty about doing that. That's probably a very common feeling. Yeah, but I think, you know, especially now it's raising awareness of that. Because some people do without knowing it. So it's raising their awareness right. of that. Um, I wasn't brought up that way. It's called common courtesy. Yes. Respect for others. Now, like, I, I do feel bad for the, some victims. Yeah. I mean, there's a, I think there's a nursing home in Washington State where somebody got it and died, and that's now right. that entire nursing home yeah. has gotten infected. Yeah. Well, so nursing that's home, that's a, a, nursing that's home really people, I think, scenario. need to be following this, and then some to the T's. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. and, but, but somebody who's 25 years old or 35 years old who's healthy, don't probably, probably but still, I mean, these are, pretty, these are pretty loose. I don't think this is anything extreme. No. Right. But I'm still not washing my hands every 20 right. minutes. 420 seconds hot water. We don't even choose the temperature of the water here. So and you have anything you want to add on, on Corona? I'm good. I'm a big Corona fan, by the way. I yeah, love the new premiere one. Okay, but I'm so bad say, for the company. Do you know how many people my sister drinks Corona beer mm -hmm. have actually said to her in all reality, you 
Can you get the virus from that? And I'm like, stop it. <laughs> Don't Smart even company. say that you just said that. There was, there was a poll that came out that 38% of Americans right now are not drinking Corona because they think it's related to a virus. I mean, this just plays right into this. That's not should, true. You know what? We should have been That's drinking true. Corona for this. Oh, shit, yeah. Darn it. Refill. But I like the premiere, though, because it's low calories. It still says Corona. And most people don't know it's, it's Nicolab Ultra. Really. We could have poured our wine into a Corona bottle. Um, all right, so something really cool that I want to talk about is, is pets and apartments. Okay. Mm. Big deal in New York City. I have a building that's, there's three towers in my building that all share a common entrance. So, so there's 40 floors per tower. Maybe 39. I don't know if there's a 13 or not. Maybe they go from 13 to, <laughs> from 12 to 14. I don't know. Most Relevant for the don't. episode. But there's a lot of dog mess. In and the building? Out. Well, every once in a while, a little puddle in the elevator. Because you can't hold it. I, when there's people on the elevator with me with dogs, I always get out of the way and let the dog go first. Because I'm just thinking, if I'm that dog, right. I am out the door. Like, right. total sim- sim- Anxiety. sympathy sure. for that dog. Like, I want that dog outside. He's been holding it all day long. Sometimes it's really yellow, which means they're probably super dehydrated. I feel really bad for the yellow, yellow piss dogs. Um, but... There's a lot of dog piss in my building. You know what? And the elevator spots. For all spots you watching at home, I think might Justin not needs some new hobbies. Dogs. Anyone have any suggestions? It's, this is not a hobby. I don't know. Okay. You, <laughs> it's, but it's just a hot. It's a hot topic for me. Okay. Oh wow. So, sorry, well, I missed. Completely no, but you know, I love animals. You can't always blame that spot in the elevator on the dog. I'm just saying, if you weren't there, you didn't see it. But uh, <laughs> you don't curb your dog. You know what that means? Yes. What does it mean? It means you don't curb your dog. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means if your dog's got... Gotta go. Where do they go? They have to go on the grass. They don't go on the curb. Mm. Correct. Yes. They have to go on the grass. Yes. So, which I, I wish the doorman in my building would enforce that. He'd just run and, like, kick the, do- the little dogs off onto the street. I'm kidding. But I wish there would be some enforcement. There's a law against that. There's a law against that? Yeah. Animal cruelty? They're not breaking ribs. <laughs> Depending Jeff on how small it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but really, I think, uh, I think it needs to be more enforced. The, is it the owner not taking just the think dog about, or the Just doorman? think about how many potential dogs are in a 40-story building times three that come out of the building the same and spot. piss and shit in the same Absolutely. place. And imagine the wintertime when there's snow banks. Yep. Like... Can I share a, a personal anecdote to this? I also pee in the snow. And the <laughs> right outside the door of the building. Yeah. Depending what bar. But, Depending how late it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I want to say, though, in the summertime, that happens in a lot of buildings that we do show where they allow pets in these high rises. And the heat. And the heat yes. makes the smell of Shit. urine so strong yes, I know. that it's almost at a point where it's just like, I don't, like fuck this. I don't even want to walk near this right. building. It's reeks. Yeah. But awful. let me also point this out. Do you know that if well, I have a pet area, I have a yard fenced in, then I have a small pet yard so that the dogs can run? Got if it. you don't treat that area every so often, that grassy area is going to continually stink, especially in the heat. Yep. So it's not just that they go on the curb, the grass. Whatever area they go on has to be treated. So this is a like a good parlay from <laughs> the lawyer here to tell you that she you doesn't need, pee in the snow. First of all, I advise clients get rid of the word pet. There's no such thing as pet in any lease that I will ever write. It's what an animal. Okay, okay, so 
I like this. I like because yeah. we had an uh, issue. We had a discussion mm. earlier about landlord and owner, which yep. I liked. I like the word owner yep. because landlord has a negative connotation these sure. days. So pet versus animal. animal. What's the problem so with pet? I copyrighted an animal responsibility addendum that I tell all my clients to use. And the purpose for that is there are exceptions to some classifications of animals that are not pets. And so if you can create one addendum mm -hmm. to encompass all animals, you will save yourself the hassle of having a pet addendum versus a assistance animal addendum and not being able to have them so potentially be signing on to one one document when in the middle of their lease they could change to having a pet and having that pet become an emotional support animal. So, I mean, my thing, pet sounds more recreational right. than animal, mm -hmm. and animal allows you to disambiguate the two. Mm -hmm. Right? That's my thinking on it. Mm -hmm. But then, in in disambiguating the the two, you have a service animal, sure. and then you have emotional, emotional support. support. Is there a difference between service and emotional support? Yes. Or is an emotional support a service? So in the pecking order of what pets fall into, everything falls pecking under the... Pecking order implies bird, though, right? <laughs> also we'll get there. We'll get there. But so sure we'll we have there. assistance animals, and I, and I like to teach clients that the overarching umbrella, everything falls under an assistance animal. So an assistance animal could be a service animal, it could be an emotional support animal, or it could be a therapy animal. And so I'll go through those for you so we break out what they are. Uh, but basically, Brian or Adam, sorry. service animals, um, there was HUD guidance. So mm -hmm. for any of you who don't know what HUD guidance is, it is uh, basically a legal document that comes out from the um, government that states exactly how you are supposed to handle a situation. And in this case, in 2013, we got HUD guidance on assistance animals. And recently, on January 30th, we got clarification guidance, which supersedes and takes own, takes the, uh, the 2013 guidance and, and pushes it aside. And so the January 30th guidance is now what everybody should be following. Um, this is part of the reinterpretation that brokers have an issue with. Yeah. There's the entire reinterpretation. And we can, po we can post a link so people can get it. Okay. On is your the entire ter interpretation suspended or just that aspect so, of it? So, nope. This January 30th guidance will supersede the 2013 takes guidance. It takes, it, but, it replaces But that's it. not part of also the Tenant Protection Act. Cor it has a, nothing to do with that. Separate. Completely okay, separate. Sure. Yes. Uh, so what this does is if somebody comes to you and they ask for a service animal, it defines what a service animal is. So okay. a service animal now is only a dog. It used oh, okay. to have a minor I exception. To, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. So it's only a dog. So if somebody comes to you and they say, I have a service monkey or I have a service elephant, and don't laugh because this is what I deal with all day long, uh, it, it is not possible. The only possible service animal is a dog. And once we look at, okay, it's a dog that they're seeing as a service animal, it's is that animal specifically trained for someone's specific disability or a disability that they have maybe not been assigned to somebody who has a disability yet, but they've been trained to be like a hearing dog or a seeing eye dog. And so that is very specific. You will never be able to pretty much challenge that because that animal will have service papers that state it's been trained for some very specific purpose. 
um, to help an individual who has a need and a, a bona fide disability. Okay. 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 I'm reading through what you what you highlighted here. I think you just kind of touched on pretty much all of it. You really didn't give me much of a, a chance here, but. Well, uh, so. <laughs> this, this part of it. I is, thought we were going to go back and forth on this, but by all we means. We are. We still are. You have to ask this. Okay. Is it is the animal? Is it apparent? Oh, sorry. Is it readly apparent that the dog is trained to do work parts. or perform? It's, it's not about us today. We're all mic'd up here. Uh, we're. We'd like some some comments at some point. Yeah. Right? We're going to run this way. <laughs> Enjoy the drinks. Enjoy the drinks. Uh, is it readily apparent that dog is trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of an individual with a disability? So you read that sentence, and most people are like, "What's readily apparent?" Right. So there is something called a readily apparent standard, which means. Deb has a tenant that comes in and she's looking at this applicant and she's saying to the applicant, okay, what is the purpose of this animal? You would not be able to ask that if they're coming in in a wheelchair or you know they're deaf or you know that they have a disability that they've predisclosed to you. So the readily apparent standard minimizes what you as a landlord can ask for additional information. So if you already know, by looking at the yeah, individual, but if I make that, that they are disabled, you're not able to ask any more questions. What if it I'm is, not sure? Can they? Well, but then it's not right. Then, then it's not readily and apparent. Worst case scenario, you end up in court, and then. But yeah. I think, readily, if you're in a wheelchair it, or you're blind, again. right? You or know to be that they are disabled. Right. Uh, if, if if somebody's holding onto the dog and mm. the dog has a full body vest on. And they're holding onto the dog. That's one thing. Right. If they're holding onto the dog like this and walking into the building, maybe not readily apparent. Right. I feel like I don't like that the fact that it's so open to interpretation and it's not spelled out. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you could make a pretty. If you're unsure, there is a requirement that the person. There's a two-prong test to to be able so readily, to, to allow it. Readily one is or. that they are disabled. Mm -hmm. The second is that there's a nexus between your disability and the useful purpose of that animal. So the animal has to support a function of the disability so that it alleviates some, some problem that you're having. So for instance. But that's not readily apparent. Correct. Right. Like a woman right. like I, like a woman that right. I have that has seizures and the dog detects seizures. Right. I would never you know. You would never know that. However, if somebody comes in and they are using a cane because they are blind, you're going to know that the animal is a seeing eye dog. Right. Or if they're deaf, they're going to be something that the animal, God forbid there's a fire, is going to alert them that the strobe light is going off and wake that individual up. So it's on its face, looking at the mm -hmm. person. It's, it's not really up for interpretation. It's subjectively, in your opinion, do you think that that person has a disability? If you can look at them and say, yes, they do, then that conversation ends. If you're unsure, it can continue, and Justin can ask these questions. Okay. <laughs> is it readily apparent when the dog is reserved? Okay, we answered that. Uh, the housing provider may ask, in substance, is the animal required because of a disability? Is this continue here? Yes. What work or task would the animal have been trained to perform? And so you can ask, what, what task does, does the animal do? Absolutely. So, so, that's, so you're protected to say, what, what's your animal do? Right. But, because but you need to know. Someone who has seizures. I'm just curious, what does the animal do? Yeah. Since my seizures, okay. So let me prime well, it for you guys. Well, it's supposed to alert somebody else that a seizure's coming on. That's what Right. So let me, let me prime it quickly so that 
we get the, the legal jargon here. But someone with a disability falls into one of three prongs. Either they are somebody who has a disability because it substantially limits one or major life activities. Life activities are what we're doing. We're learning, we're drinking, we're working, we're you know walking, breathing, anything. Basically anything on a daily activity is a major life activity, but it has to substantially limit something. So they can't do some major function that the rest of us do easy. The second is that they are regarded as having a disability. So it would be something that you had a disability, you might have um, had cancer, let's say, and 10 years later, you are in remission, but that person still remembers that you are, you know, had cancer in your past and they still think you're disabled because of it. So as long as you um, at some point were disabled and somebody continues to think you are still disabled, it is something that would cover you under the American with Disabilities Act. And Got the it. last one is you never in fact have a disability, but let's, I always use this as my example. Let's say you have a facial scar on your face and it covers you know, the whole part of your face and somebody looks at you and they say, oh, they must be disabled because they have a facial scar. When in actuality, it doesn't affect any major life activity. You can work, you can go to you know, activities with your friends, but somebody looks at you and says, wow, you know, you look like you're disabled, so you must be disabled. Thanks. That covers you. So one of the quotes I love is society's myths and fears of what someone looks like causes people to actually perceive that you have a disability when you in fact don't. Whoa. Deep, right? Yeah, that was so, pretty good though, wow. Um, but that is something that will cover you. So if you fall into one of those three prongs, you're disabled. So that's the first test, you have to be disabled. The second is there needs to be this nexus. So you're coming to me as a landlord and you're saying, I need this animal for this very specific purpose. And I'm saying, okay, well, you're saying you're dis you suffer from depression. What is that animal going to do for you to alleviate that depression? And it may just be the pure animal's company keeps you from being suicidal. To give you real context to that argument, to give you a tenant's perspective, I rarely represent tenants. I'm a landlord's attorney. However, there are times when I get a case that I'm like, I'm so passionate about this, I have to represent them. I got a New Yorker who is a Wall Street executive who is making seven figures, who after 9-11, he witnessed the events and he lived in Manhattan. His wife was a superintendent in Westchester at a school district and so they had this relationship where Monday through Friday they lived separately and on the weekends they would get together. Okay. This guy witnesses what happens on 9-11 and he becomes a, a shell of himself. He can't function. He's uh, emotionally distraught when he's alone and so he sits in his apartment at night. He can't cook for himself. He can't function. He doesn't watch TV. He basically sits in a corner and he cries over the events. His wife can't move because her job is in Westchester. Um, Italian hands will get me every time. <laughs> so he goes to the doctor and for a five year span, he documents that he has a disability. He suffers from traumatic post, um, post traumatic post stress, stress. Totally not PTSD, observable. absolutely merited by the fact that he literally lives across from the trade towers and he works down there. And when it's documented that he's with his wife, he's fine. When he's in company at his Wall Street job, he's fine. But when he goes home and he's alone, it perseverates the problem. So 
he gets an emotional support animal. He goes to his apartment owner and says, I need this emotional support animal so that I can survive, basically, because I need to eat you, and I need to you sleep. Need the, you need the interaction, whatever yeah. reason, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the owner says no. And so we write a letter and we say he falls under the classification of someone who's disabled and we have documentation for five years that a doctor supports. Mm -hmm. There's a nexus between the animal supporting his depression and the fact that he won't be su suicidal, he will be able to function. And they can, still say no. One, one second. If you're live on Instagram or Facebook and you have an emotional support animal, uh, I'd love some feedback on this. Mm -hmm. Because Perfect. none of us have, you have animals? Mm -hmm. you have animals? Oh. Yeah. Mine aren't emotional. Well, they're not really emotional. But they're not support. certified. And, no, not okay. at all. Okay. So that's, I just want to No, no, no. Them. Absolutely. So, but they yeah. say no a second time. So they say no a second time. We commenced a demand letter uh, where we said, we're going to sue you. And their attorneys get involved. And at that point, it's a back and forth. And we settled for $100,000 in this person's favor because if I had taken that through litigation, it would have been upwards of a million dollars. They were in complete breach mm -hmm. of fair housing laws, of HUD. Um, they need to make a reasonable accommodation when someone shows they are disabled and there is a need and a nexus between what their disability is and what the animal is going to support. So it's not all gimmick based. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of gimmicks. There's internet letters. Well, that's what I want to talk about next. Yeah. Can we get into that? Absolutely. I would love to. Actually, right, too. we've we've had clients mm -hmm. that have an animal. I, I tell them you can't you can't have an animal in the building. Mm -hmm. Certify their animal mm -hmm. for the sake of having it in the building. Right. But there's so many websites you can mm -hmm. do it for thirty five or eighty five bucks. They send emotional you support com. They send you. They yeah. add them to the registry. Mm -hmm. Whatever their own yeah. registry. Yeah, their own. So and I will tell you, I registered a cucumber. Okay. I just giggles one day. It was like, hey, let's register pet cucumber. You could have chosen broccoli, but. <laughs> right? Yeah. Is it, uh, you, it's not even pickled. Yeah. Like, no, but on, you could have. Yeah. I don't know what the support did. It was approved as an emotional support well, animal. But it would be more likely than broccoli. Yeah, you paid them a fee. I literally lied their questionnaire. A doctor, quote unquote, validated my answers and said I was depressed and needed this cucumber. People so weird, it's a Don't you think, though, the doctors should be held responsible for these? Absolutely. So these we've started training doctors. It's a mechanism I do is I go to hospitals and I train doctors on you're certifying this person is disabled. Do you know what that means? It's your yeah. license on well, the line. So well, as the, sorry, go ahead. But here's my question. He certified a cucumber to be an emotional support I animal. I didn't. She did. Who's, who's <laughs> signing that document? A quote-unquote doctor okay. who is a consultant to this company. Okay, obviously a, a fraudulent doctor who knows a cucumber. I'm assuming there, I don't think there knows, is a doctor. Though. No, well, exactly. That's, that's my point. Yeah. There's yeah. got to be. These the are internet, the internet's a big place right now. And and it's very much unpoliced. Right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of shit that that's going on on the internet. Well, the question though is this though. If they're saying <laughs> that we have to follow the law, which we do as landlords, it should also be that if they need a document signed by a doctor, mm -hmm. that the government should make sure that these letters being signed are really by doctors. Well, okay, so hold on for one second, because I want to make sure everybody's clear. It's not just a doctor. Wait, so the question. It's a cucumber. Somebody said what kind of doctor. Okay, exactly. Like that's what well, I'm that's, that's, that's so yeah. the, the, the HUD guidance that was issued states that it can be 
anyone who is potentially knowledgeable about that person's disability. So it can be a doctor, a psychiatrist, a, um, you know, your, your regular physician that you go visit. It can be a nurse practitioner. It can be a psychologist. But all those people you're talking about have a degree. You just it said could, the law says it anyone can be a who third has. Party. So I it could be, be a sister. best friends and know that if she didn't have this animal, she would suffer from massive depression. Absolutely. However, I will say this. So I've been an attorney for more than a decade. I, in this realm, 90% of what we get are from doctors that I can look up, get an idea of, are they certified or licensed in a certain state? There have been many times where I have found LA actors posing as doctors. We've actually done a lot of work where it's somebody who's an actor posing as a doctor. I mean, this is the, the nonsense we deal with. Are they penalized for this? How does that work? So we yeah. Google the you, doctor okay. and they, they come up as an actor on IDMB website oh, but, but who is holding them accountable because that's bad behavior that's fraud. right so, so i have created a form system where we get an intake from a client and we push back against that we say you know we have reviewed your credentials and you are not certified in the state of new york as a doctor or a physician to make these statements mm -hmm. we're asking for a local doctor to make an opinion on this issue no and i respect that but my question is, HUD's putting out guidelines, which I think they mm -hmm. need to do, but is HUD also going after and holding these people accountable that are apparent frauds? New York has not yet. So I, is I believe state? there's like 22 other states that have created legislation where if you lie that this animal is an emotional support mm -hmm. animal, when in fact it is not, it is a misdemeanor. New York has Good. not done that. Well, that is on my list of things we perfect. will lobby for. Once Perfect. we're done with the HSTPA, but that, that is a problem. Well, can I ask something? I've heard in the news that a lot of airlines are now cutting back on the mm -hmm. amount, the type of emotional support animal allowed on a plane. Let mm -hmm. me let me ask a question, though, because yeah. it's got to be clear and apparent. And so if you're just booking a ticket, you're not observing that person. So if you're, what's, if you're the airline, can you ask for documentation at the time of ticket booking? I think you should be able to. Right. So real-time story I can give you. Um, I know somebody who brought an emotional support animal on a plane. What they were going it? to South Carolina. Animal or vegetable? Animal. <laughs> it was a dog. However, um, they they got their fine. They went to, to Charleston. They got their fine. It was a little on the pee way on the bottom of the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> on the way home, somebody next to them said, I'm allergic to dogs. I can't sit next to this, this is This person. is, I think this is cool though. I think this is really why it's an issue. Right. Yeah. And so because there was we an allow, air because, marshal. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. We allow crying babies, and it mm -hmm. sucks for everybody. Yep. But you have a, a yapping dog, you know. Right. But an allergy's like, you can't deal with. Sorry. <laughs> right, you can't. An allergy you can't deal with. Right. And let's say so. you're really allergic. You didn't bring your dog allergy medicine right. on the plane because you didn't think there was going to be a dog. No, fair so enough. this person went to the air marshal who was on the plane. How did they know it was? Uh, this, this, there was an argument that took place. The air marshal got up. Okay. The um, say, air yeah. marshal was like, "All right, where are the, where's the third-party note stating that this animal should be accompanying you?" The person didn't have the credentials. The air marshal removed that person from mid the airline. Mid-air. Awesome. Mid-air. Gone. Not mid-air. <laughs> With a parachute. They did a bungee jump. Yeah. No. They, they couldn't get on the plane. It cost that person thirty-five hundred dollars to rebook their flight. 
But these are the things that are missing from the Air Carrier Access Act and the Whoa. law under emotional so, support animals. So you said the emotional support animal can only be a dog. The service animal. So okay, so most recently, if any of you are following on social media, there was a miniature horse that sat first class yeah. that went I've on an airline. Yeah. Yeah. I will show you videos. Oh, yeah, they, I will adjust they have videos yeah. on, on Facebook. So how can then an airline restrict an emotional support animal to they, only a dog? Aren't they now? They need to amend the Air Carrier Access Act, which is what some airlines are trying to do. And the Air Carrier Access Act does not inter like the, the two of them, this and the HUD guidance, they don't go together. They are separate acts, but the Air Carrier Access Act has always been ahead of the game. They have restricted more animals from being on their planes after Derek the Peacock got on and what the duck that, went on. What and takes, you know, all these crazy animals. What takes priority? What law, does that override HUD guidelines? No, they're separate completely. Uh. So are they... They're following the Air Carrier Act, but they're violating HUD guidelines. HUD only applies to housing, so it will oh, it will so not that apply to, to airplanes. No, mm. no, okay, totally yeah. separate. No, no. So why were they letting horses on the plane? Because the Air Carrier Access Act does not limit that yet. Because because good because lord, it's it's a it's a corporate issue of having right. the balls to say no mm -hmm. and then argue that shit in court. Right. And and I really, I want to fast forward twelve years. Because I really was about to say 30, but shit's happening faster and faster. I know. But I want to fast forward 12 years and just, we're either going to be much more strict or like it, a fucking airplane's going to be a zoo. Mm -hmm. your, your parakeet isn't going to be allowed to be in a cage yeah. because it's not nice for the parakeet, right? And don't let them like sit just, in the exit row because they can't open that well, door. Clearly. So, but that's <laughs> going to be the only, that's going to be the only... Damn. Uh, you know, rules for your stupid ass parakeet. All I'm saying, if you let snakes on a plane, I'm out. Yeah, I'm no. done. Yeah. I'll, but, I'll take the Oregon but Trail. Right, I want to fast you forward. You say that, but I've gotten, as an attorney, I get these requests in from clients. And we're talking, I've literally gotten requests for elephants, monkeys, tigers, tarantulas. Like, oh, yeah. literally requests cool. for animals to be emotional support You're animals. good though. She didn't mention a snake. You didn't. So you're good. I, I didn't, but like you but can go there. there. You can it's go there. there. I have such an, a, a, a phobia of snakes that like, I, I would I would probably I'll somehow like have I have an idea. Bring your I, emotional support tiger to sit next to you to save you from the I remember I trying to smuggle back little geckos for flying back from the south and like Florida and stuff. Never did it, but I remember it like proposing the idea. This is way pre 9 11. You know, they didn't yeah. scan your shit. They just got also in the before plane. he grew oh up, too. Was... Then are you liable if your emotional support animal eats someone else's emotional support Well, so and then they have to watch in it? New York, the oh. law is if you know that person, that animal has a vicious propensity or is a danger to another person or animal, and you know it as a tenant and you don't disclose it to a landlord. That is a problem because a landlord, once they're on notice, the second time it happens, the landlord becomes liable. Well, so and that's a that's it's insane a big for the insurance problem. Absolutely. I, I saw one of these giant fluffy dogs, like the, he looked like a teddy bear, mm -hmm. almost like a Coca-Cola mm -hmm. style bear, in the lobby just walking through. Another dog went in. This thing turned like vicious. Like, mm -hmm. I was the, the last thing I expected to happen with this animal, but split second, another dog came in, <laughs> type, type noise. 
I, there's probably a bad example. Did but it either sound way, just like that. Just that. Or or that? There was a lot more. There was a lot more. Uh, I don't know. Spit involved. <laughs> but but the dog just like just went yeah. all gnarly and shit at the other dog on a split second, which is just like imagine if you're. A four-year-old. No, imagine. If, I'm not even talking about. I'm talking oh, back about apartment dogs. Man, if you're a four-year-old, trying to pet that dog. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I. So landlords need to put things in place that that can't happen. So I, I copyrighted an animal responsibility addendum. The first two questions are: Does this animal have a vicious propensity to bite or act aggressive? Of course aggressive? not. But most people don't ask that. You will be shocked. Most landlords on their pet addendum, they don't ask that question. Can I, can I ask a question on that? Because most people, when it comes to their animals, mm -hmm. feel that my dog would, it's like children. It's like children. My child would never do that. Right. My dog would never do that. So they're always going to check off. No. no but right. you got to have a corresponding provision in your lease and your application that says if you misrepresent or fraudulently omit an answer, it's a default under the lease. Got it. So right. you cool. you make sure yep. that you cover if you answer falsely knowing you're doing so because there's factual information which your vet will have if you get that veterinary record, mm -hmm. it will tie it all together. Well, let wow. me ask you something okay, else. Cool. Now we have with the new laws, the HSTPA, you can no longer charge a pet deposit. Oh, totally. Let's talk about this. Oh, yeah. I, I myself, want to talk about that too, actually. I am working on... Not only did it take me four months to mm -hmm. evict a tenant mm -hmm. under the new laws at $1,000 a month, and they already owed me two, so now I'm out six. Their three pit bulls that they brought in without permission urinated through four layers of flooring, and oh I gosh. still can't get the smell out. If I couldn't take a pet deposit, I mean, I've well exceeded the pet mm -hmm. deposit, yeah, but of course. how do you protect your property from damage from a pet? All right, so first of all, <laughs> there should never have been a pet deposit because... Security deposits are fully refundable. Again, we're not using pet. Right. I like, I like fully refundable, though. But that's you can no but longer it, do in that. in actuality, nobody does that. So yeah. it's not that you're going to give it back because, answer me, nine times out of ten, there's something there that a pet does. Right, so document that shit. Right, but don't right. call it a pet deposit. because First of all, we're not using pet. Animal deposit. Animal. Right. The, the problem is that... Turtle, turtles peak, too. Cucumbers don't. <laughs> Sorry. If you squeeze them hard enough, they might. <laughs> Cucumbers do not. No. All right, so you got an animal deposit. <laughs> animal deposit is, is just something we should get away from. It's a bad legal okay. term. So what so can we do? We don't want to do that. We want to have a one-time, non-refundable pet deposit I'm, for the privilege of having an animal. You can't say deposit, though. I don't or like pet, that. Pet, I don't, pet, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. As a broker, I don't like that. You know why? Because now, now it costs more to that person. I like refundable. I think 14 days, I think 14 days is too little. I think 40 days is too little. To return the security. Yes. But, but you can't charge more than one month's rent deposit. So you, you can't, can't call so it. So we, we had, a, didn't, we, didn't we talk about this two or three months ago about, two months ago or so about the pet deposit needs to be additional rent or something like Correct. that? Correct, yes. Have you changed your stance on that? No. And can you reiterate what it was? Right. So uh, uh, generally speaking, I don't like pet deposits. I would tell a client, don't use a one-time fee. What I've told clients is raise your additional okay. rent i got to sell this. Your clients are landlords. I have to sell this to, to the tenants. tenant, right. which is it's going to cost you an extra 1000 bucks for this animal. Mm -hmm. right. You don't get it back. I wouldn't it's suggest It's much easier that. for me to sell. You get it back. Right. Or what I tell clients is lower it. Lower it to $200 or $300 for a one-time. $200. That's what are you gonna do with two hundred dollars? No, that's the one-time 
fee for having the privilege of an animal and then make it a $75 fee per month. Oh, in addition, In addition saying, to your rent which, for the privilege of having that animal. So if they don't pay that, if you take them to court for eviction, right. let's say they're paying their rent but not that, you can't take them to eviction court for not paying you that 75 a month because you can't sue for additional rent. That's right. So, but you can take them into small claims or you, what I've done in most of my leases is reserve the right during the lease to send demand letters and sue during the term of the lease. I was going to ask you, can so, you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Can you have a, a, absolutely. a resident who's current on their rent yes. but not paying their yes. additional pet you, rent and take them to small claims in the lease? Has absolutely. A judge, I'm, I'm, you, absolutely. But, but you can't write a lease between you and the pet animal. You do. Can you? Yeah. Really? Does you a pet do. Sign it? Wow. You're writing a pet addendum and that becomes part of the lease. Yeah, ink on paw, so ink on paw. You have to have <laughs> an animal responsibility addendum, which for Justin's people, I will gladly give free awesome. of charge if they want, which is all encompassing of you violate XYZ and there are default provisions that oh, you have remedies for, might including I, that ability to sue. Might, might I suggest as a landlord, in the past, when we could charge a pet deposit, let's say for me, a cat's like $300, a dog is six to eight, whatever the dog is, I would rather, as a landlord, ask for that deposit upfront, but say to them, this is because of the new laws, it's non-refundable, mm -hmm. because I know that they're gonna default on that extra monthly rent, the, in my past experience. The question becomes, is it in advance? And is it something beyond the rent that they're paying at the time they're signing a lease? And that's the argument. Oh, so from the that's other still side. not okay to do. Th that's like, the I feel, argument. I feel Can like I, the language is that anything a penny over one month and one month security at, in any right. That's I feel the like, strict I feel, interpretation. I feel like the all. language is is pretty clear on that though. Yeah. So you're saying I can't charge a pet fee? I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying that strict interpretation would mean nothing over one month security. Okay. However, my legal standpoint is a pet is an ancillary part of that lease. Animal. You could create or animal. <laughs> I just like you. animals. Right. So I much think if we keep pets. correcting each other, eventually it'll stick. So if you, Debbie, want a animal, but Adam does not, he shouldn't be subject to additional amounts in his lease. It should right. be something that you are paying for the privilege of having that animal on property. Got it. So. Can I bring up a personal thing that's happened yeah. many times in, in the business where I've had, especially recently, clients tell me, well, I have an emotional support animal, and if they're trying to charge me a animal fee, mm -hmm. uh, that's wrong. That's correct. Mm -hmm. That is correct. It is correct. So okay. yes. many of the well, people, sure. let me, let's just well, go yeah, through. If it's emotional support, you can't. Yeah, you just can. like if somebody's in a wheelchair okay. and mm -hmm. they want to put a ramp or whatever, it's got to go. So quickly, so, pitfalls. Can I ask yeah. one follow-up to that? How do I delegate that between the landlord and the tenant appropriately? So if you were to use an animal responsibility item that I can give you, okay. what I have done for clients is I have said anything that falls into the realm of an emotional support animal or assistance animal or service dog, okay. I tell clients they are identified in red on my Addendum. So red means they're exempt from being able to be charged. So things like monthly pet fees, a annual pet fee, breed restrictions. So you will not be able in an assistance animal realm be able to say you can't have a pit bull. Now many people come back at me and they're like, whoa, wait a minute, my insurance company 
will not allow me to have a pit bull on property. That may be true normally, but the Department of Justice has actually come out with a memo that says if it's an assistance wow. animal and a landlord denies the ability based on the fear yeah. of an insurance company saying, I'm gonna modify drop or make your insurance go higher, the Department of Justice wants to report that insurance agency as doing something wrong. And I've actually done that. Wow. Well, what, but here's the sad wow. part of that. We all know in the real world, the insurance companies are gonna find a way around. They're gonna be onto that yeah. and they're not gonna say, we're dropping you because of the pit bull. They're gonna see the pit bull and they're gonna find some other thing to write you up for been there, done that, and they're going to get around that so they're not liable. Maybe, but I have been successful against a major insurance carrier educating them as to the law. Because oh, sure. They're just this not time, aware. But they're not going to do it again because they're going to learn. I had an insurance carrier say they were going to drop me for moss on my shingles. And I know it's because of the dogs. I'm like, what? Right. What oh, it could be slippery if maintenance goes up there. Or if the, the dogs go up there, like mountain dogs. <laughs> yeah, right. For an East Mountain dog, going to climb the ridge. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's fucked up shit, man. It is. I know it is. It is. It's, I mean, the yeah, dangerous we can put in the animals. Stuff the dangerous right? you know, I grew up in the country. So you could hear all night long Dirty. the dogs barking at the wind or at the other dogs. A leaf. All, yeah, all night long. The barking thing is like something I grew up with. If I lived in an apartment building with a yapping dog, mm -hmm. I would blow my brains out. That's I'm, why I'm you sorry, need but I, 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 need, I need my own emotional right. support animal but to bark back at the other. You need a recourse for that, but, right? But so there's a lot of pet-friendly buildings. But you need all you need is an addendum that says nuisance is still something you can get some animal out. So even if they're an emotional support animal, even if they're a service dog, and they violate your quiet enjoyment. They are barking 30 minutes right. continuously. They are the owner's not picking up after their waste. Well, that's sad because the, it's the owner's problem. The animal, innocent animal, matter. brought up like a bad you child, could bad behavior. Evict that animal. You're not evicting the tenant, and you're not evicting the tenant's right Aww. to have an animal. You're just evicting that specific animal. Where's the animal gonna go? But it's sad, uh, but, though. That's yeah. sad. Well, but it's know, a multi-family industry. I tell you, that's why this is such a hard business because it really pulls on your heartstrings. But it's also a really tricky subject. You love your pets. Yeah. Uh, I love. I love animals. I love. I love. Uh, it's all perspective. Yeah. But from the, from, I love my from animals. a lessor perspective. It's it, and a lessee perspective. And, and to that point, it has nothing to do with this. I have three cats right now. Do you know where they came from? My tenants up and moved and left them abandoned. This is awesome, yeah. So a you had tenants cat. who left. Good job. Oh, yes. I have had tenants move out and left a dog. This was the worst thing. The dog I and this. I got a call on Friday, my, my downstairs tenant, because I was going to evict them. They didn't pay me rent. They said, oh, they moved out. I'm like, okay, it was Friday. I go there Monday morning. The dog is chained to a doorknob. The chain is so short, the dog can't sit down. He stood there all weekend. He had not defecated on the floor. I, oh my gosh, I was in tears. I brought him downstairs, and immediately, once he hit the outside, I mean, defecated everywhere. It was so sad, he hadn't eaten. I put him on my Defecation is shitting, by the way. It was, it was just heartbreaking. Thanks, Tom. We, we could even talk about that. People that should not have animals, they're not responsible. But, but there's a lot. But that's the issue when it comes to being a landlord. You see everything. Right? You do. And a lot of people don't see and, this. And you have to deal with it. They leave it, you deal with it. I've done in a commercial eviction of a pet store 
that the animals were left and it oh my was gosh, what? six dogs wow. that were caged two by two no, that's not and right. their paws were almost non-existent because they were trying to obviously get out of the cage and there were birds and rodents that had gotten out of where they were that literally Did were feeding eaten? on the food in the store and it was a disaster made the press um so you know there there's obviously wait a minute this happened a little while ago didn't it? You know, I, actually, I've actually, this was reported by ABC7, wasn't it? it yeah. Was. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's terrible. I used Did to work there, so that's how I know animals? that. Okay. All right. Oh but no, I, I, I mean, my thing with the breed restrictions and things, it, it's really. That story was Are rough. we totally going left? No, it's a, it's a nature of, it's a nature of raising the animal. And I, I will be honest with you, I'm on the elevator with, you know, certain animals and I feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And having seen, you know, friendly looking animals attack. Yeah other friendly looking mm -hmm. animals who are just like, fuck this, like I don't even know what to do. Uh, it's just, it's a weird yeah. place to be. Yeah. But I feel like if you were gonna bring an animal into a building, either the building allows it, mm -hmm. and I think every building owner sh has the right to take extra rent, or in my opinion, a security deposit for that animal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the breed restriction, I think, I mean, how do you qualify an animal? You gotta go on gut feel, you have to do just So a landlord I mean, can set whatever parameters they want for a pet, but when it is an assistance animal, the guidance says you can't determine. Mm -hmm. It's There are no breed restrictions right. at all. Yeah. There's no weight restrictions. There's no puppy versus non-puppy. There's no one animal or seven emotional support animals, as long as each animal can be justified to support a function of the disability. So let's go back a second, because before we were talking about these, and I'm going to say bogus and bullshit mm -hmm. websites. Absolutely. That really we're, aren't that great. And yeah. you, and I, you and I as brokers are very familiar with these. We are. Yeah. Well, of course we are. But like, they're bullshit websites. Come Absolutely. on. And landlords are fully aware of this. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my question to you is, how does somebody properly get their pet registered and so, fall under the category of emotional support right, legislation? Yeah. So yeah. The, the thing that really is bad about these laws is emotional support animals require no certification and no licensing to support a specific disability. That is what they are. They are wow. free-formed animals that most of the time what we're getting is requests for a reasonable accommodation to have an emotional support animal without ever identifying what that animal is at the time they're applying. So they right. can go to a pet store and pick a pet and as long as that's going to support their emotional element, right. that is fine. So that's the problem, and that is what I, as an attorney, have done letters to say, whoa, wait a minute. This is something that you're asking for, but this is completely broad. It's overly broad in terms wow. of what you're asking for. It doesn't support mm -hmm. anything that you're saying. It's mm -hmm. never been trained, and, mm -hmm. and not that it has to be, but it's, it's showing that this animal was picked out of a hive. Whether yeah. that animal is going to actually function, this doctor that you so unquote say supports it has never met the animal. It's never looked at what the animal does when it's with you. Mm -hmm. And maybe you've never met that patient because you did an internet 10 minute questionnaire. That's BS. So that's all that's they have hot. to do. Right, is right. So <sighs> what, what would someone have to do to actually get the paperwork to get document that say they need the So again, for Justin's. Animal. People watching, I will gladly give my firms up. No, but no, what does the, the tenant have to do? So, so they want to have the an emotional The tenant doesn't have to do anything. Do you the have tenant have to have a form? At any point during the tenancy, 
all they have to do is vocalize, either orally or written, that they want a reasonable accommodation to accept an emotional support animal. And you're saying that animal doesn't have to have any documentation. The animal doesn't have to have anything. <laughs> now, if you're the landlord, what? here's what? what the landlord should be doing. The landlord should be getting the vet veterinary records to make sure that that animal is vaccinated Okay. And the animal has never bitten someone before. Because the landlord will step into a situation they don't want to be in if the animal has bitten someone before. Any liability that thereafter happens from a bite will become the landlord's. So you want to make sure you have some working document that makes sure they've never done that. The other thing is that you want to make sure you have a working form, an addendum of some sort, that says if that animal does anything during the tenancy to be vicious bite someone, act as a nuisance, that the landlord has recourse to get rid of that animal. If you don't use an animal responsibility addendum or something like kind, you're going to be without recourse to get rid All of right. that animal. All right, guys, we, we, we get moving on to the next subject. Yep. Is that cool? Yeah, cool. Is that cool? My, my biggest issue, you guys know, is the curb your animal. Mm -hmm. Curb your dog, curb <laughs> your pet. What I want to say right now <laughs> is what curb your dog says, what curb your pet is, is your pet doesn't piss or shit on the curb. And God forbid I watch you walk away from a pile of shit in the curb, I will fight you. And I won't fight you. I will sucker punch you. I will kick you in the back of the knees. And I'm gonna take you down. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt your animal. All right? Because I run on the sidewalks and I step in shit. And that's not cool. I don't like it. All right. On to the next subject. And we're the well, DiGiulio group. <laughs> yeah! No, the. the Curb your animal. Everybody thinks means you're your saying more like curb your enthusiasm. Than outside curb your the dog building, right on the curb, on the sidewalk, right. Maybe pissing that's and the shitting. That is it, because it's a bad slogan. Just like good cause eviction and tenant protection. We already know there's nothing good in good cause. Right. We yeah, already know tenant protection act fucks the tenants. Yeah, because that's what I do every day. Absolutely. Oh, my credit's not great. My credit's mm -hmm. not great. Uh, I need some help. I've been turned down some apartments. Well, the Tenant Protection Act means that you can't cut a deal. That's so right. the Tenant Protection Act means the tenant is kind of fucked. And I can't help you out. I can't give you the benefit of the doubt. If you give me a little extra security, I'll take a chance on you. Well, with Have Tenant nice Protection day. Act coupled with good cause. Yeah. And the good cause means you can't evict anybody. It what is good cause? Uni universal rent control. It is the is what wolf good cause in is. sheep's clothing. It's universal rent control. For New York State. Can we can and say that me, one more time? Yes. More clearly. It is universal rent control for New York State, disguised as good cause eviction to protect the universal tenants. Universal rent control. It sounds great. It sounds great. But what are the implications of this shit where you can't evict anybody, no matter what? Everybody deserves an apartment. Everybody right. you know, needs an apartment. Well, you can evict on certain things if you have a good cause. So, non-payment is good cause, but then you flip back to it takes you four months because of the HSTPA for well, non-payment. Well, the, the Tenant Protection, so Act, the tenant protection yep. Act makes an eviction take forever and a fucking but day. But you also add, now you have to have a judge tell you if he agrees or not with your good cause to get someone out if it's not on the list of five things. And what's that going to cost you, Justin? Attorney fees, time in court, time wasted. Wait, what do you mean? Evicting somebody costs money? If you want to evict, yeah. Plus you're a you murder attorney. You're going to pay her to, to go to court? Well, I if you're an LLC, you're not allowed by law to represent yourself. I have to pay an attorney. I have no choice because the law says you want to form an LLC to have a little bit of protection? 
So if you get sued, they can't take all your personal stuff. Oh, you can't go to court without an attorney. Have a nice day. Yeah. And you know what else the good cause eviction bill does? You can only raise the rent of your resident mm -hmm. 3% annually. 3%. Let's see. Do you know that my costs go up between insurance, water and sewer, taxes? How, how, much, does ta how much do taxes and water and sewer go up annually? 5 to 7%. Easy. Yeah. Five to seven percent. Pretty you know, regularly, right? Absolutely, annually. And do you know the cost this of sheetrock has doubled? Has How does sheetrock go up? Well, they can what raise their prices. What is sheetrock made out of? I'm just curious. What is sheetrock made I'm out of? Not sure, but if it gets wet, it falls down. I can tell you that. <laughs> True. I know. I know. I see that all the time. But what, so we don't heavy. know. Can somebody rise? I don't know. This is so good dynamic. What is sheetrock made out of? I'm just curious. What compounds go inside a sheetrock? Don't eat because, it. Because the price is going up. Why is the price going up? Who knows? Because they can. <laughs> because they're because not regulated by the government. So well, everybody clearly. else can raise their prices, but we can't. So I just want, here's what I want to know. How does that work? I mean, let's face it, two plus two equals four. <laughs> if you only can raise your rent by 3%, but your cost goes up by 7%, who makes up the difference? And that's your only income stream. Nobody so makes up the difference. I have to go get another yeah. job to pay the building bills because... Well, you should get another job full-time no. and just neglect your building. What's going <laughs> to happen, though, so give you a real-time example. I, I have a client it. in Buffalo. It's 5,000 units. He just got a quote for three elevators that need to be upgraded to maintain code. Okay. And it's $245,000. And he's saying, oh, if I walk, don't walk. put that into increased rents, I'm not rich where I just can take 245000 and pay it out of cash. Dude. And so he can never recoup that under a good cause eviction model, which doesn't allow him well, to... Well, first of all, he's not... He's, if, 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 you're, if the market is $2,000 for a one-bedroom... Okay, where, where is this? Buffalo. Okay. So and the market it is, is. It is about is that. Is it? Really? Yeah. Okay. So downtown Buffalo? Mm -hmm. $2,000 for one bed? No, oh, not one bed. Two mm, bed. Probably two bedrooms. Two bed. So the market rate is $2,000 for two bed, and the owner has to do work. He's not going to raise you to 2500 bucks. He's not going to raise you to 2200 bucks. He's not going to raise you to 2050. No. He's not going to raise you. But what I think needs to be because, said because is. Mark, because you're going to move. Most, and then he's going to deal with the vacancy. You're right. But you're most right. landlords didn't before this raise rents right. at three and four and five percent annually, at least yep. upstate. They didn't, didn't do it. They didn't want to, and maybe they increased it twenty-five dollars well, or fifty dollars. Landlords don't enjoy raising right. rent, no. but it's now not a pastime like like tennis. Agreed. Right. This <laughs> system will make it so landlords every single year raise it to the maximum well, level. The system, yeah. Period. They're just yep. because you, because you're you so far behind. You yeah. you've the, got the, to. The, you have to raise the rent. Right. And I'm guilty. I have a tenant who's leaving after thirty years. I've raised their rent three times. Three times. It's insane. It is, but, but, but you know movie, what? They were great tenants. Movie white. Well, they rented a five-bedroom, two-bathroom from me. They raised five kids. The kids are all in college. They, they don't need a huge apartment anymore. They're not moving because you're raising the rent. Absolutely not. They don't want to move. Point. They called me crying. They're like, we don't need a big apartment anymore. And they're sad, but it, right. I want them to stay. They want to stay, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't work for their lifestyle right now. But no, I, I've got great tenants. But if I don't raise the rent, I also have great maintenance people who work their butt off. They stick their hands in toilets. They deal with, I've gotten guys that have been you're bit so, by you dogs. you stick your hand in a toilet? They have to. Have and you ever stuck your hand in a dirty toilet? <laughs> we know, know you with have. Or without I like that she wiped her hand as she with, thought about it. With that. or without gloves. <laughs>
Oh, fuck you. Uh, yes no. or no? Not no? even my own stuff. No? All no. Right. But you got a tenant that clogs the toilet. They keep wow. using it. It's at the top. And my guys go in there like, Deb, it's at the top. I'm like, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I, I, Those aren't dish I, I bet. That's a whole sleeve. That's like I, inseminating a cow. Like inseminating <laughs> type sleeve. I bet two of them run out actually vomit. I'm like, no shit. sorry guys. Why don't, real shit but though. Why don't these guys deserve a raise? Why don't these guys deserve a raise, but I can't raise the rents to give them a raise, to pay my bills? I know we're loud. No, we are loud. Because 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 we're passionate about this. I joke with the word passion. Passion is actually, passion Uh is, is, I promise you passion is going to become the new entrepreneur in like 2022. I'm going to just make that passion do we have to, LLP. Do you stock in that? Can we put, I don't, <laughs> but, but I might trademark some shit. I don't do know. It. But how do I do what I do with all these laws pushing down my breathing hole to here so I can only do, do a little fun. bit of right. you're no. you're What do you do? You you get out because you're fucked. Well, I have no, no choice. Who does that hurt? The tenants right. that and, you And why did I get build. into this? Why did I leave right. and take the leap of faith? Because I love people. Debbie I told me something probably 15, maybe 20 years ago. Like, I, when, when, so I, Debbie and I are family. Yes. But um, at one point in the a summertime when I was in high school or early college. While we're I, jogging and he's running backward, mocking me because I can't run as fast well, as he can running backward. Run. Six mile run. It's it's run. Easy, easy light run. run. Is how he I know. I, uh, you know, I needed income, and I offered to, to, you know, I said what I was doing, my wrestling coach at the time on property, I'd go in, when people moved out, probably because they were evicted most of the time, yeah. and they left these apartments in the shit most shape I've ever seen. I've never seen people live like that day to day. Rarely see that shit in Manhattan. But people live like that, and they, yeah. they got to get evicted. So sad. And we would go, and we would clear out the apartments, and I did that for my high school wrestling coach. And then there was a summer he was, he didn't need me. And I went to Debbie and her husband at the time and I said, uh, my cousin, and I said, uh, you know, this is what I like doing. They pay me hourly, we went in, we, we, we cleared out the apartments. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally lost my train of thought on this. What, what you said the, something what? I told you about. Oh, oh. What the fuck? So, no, this is it, this is it. We communicate it. well. No, I want, I want you to pay attention on this camera and Could this I camera. Just, can I no, just, can I just, I don't know. Adam, one second, Adam, one second. Bring it back, Adam. Adam, one second. <laughs> Debbie said to me, one thing that really is important to me is I change the toilet seats. And at the time, maybe you don't remember this. For me, it was big. For Wind me, up. For me, no, no, no listen, to me, listen to me. For me, it was the fact that you have the empathy right and the caring and the perspective of the tenant Mm -hmm. because i'm not affluent i didn't grow up by any means Mm -hmm. in affluence but when you move into an apartment and you have to sit in somebody else's toilet seat where they see where they shat (laughs) and your landlord has the wherewithal to you walk into that apartment you gotta peel that blue paper off off Mm -hmm. the new thing that's cool, man. Like you feel, yeah. you feel like it's now your home. Yes. It's your home. And and Debbie told me, and Debbie told me, yeah, I replaced the toilets because I just think that's gross. 
And that was like her thing. Like, yeah, I just think that's gross. So is but, the granite countertop but, no, she gives someone who's but she's not, uh, never right. going to get that by themselves. But do you replace she the ice trays too? Maybe I'll move it over. She <laughs> gives them hope. But there's, is that your thing? Hold up, hold up. Yeah, Guys, on, on that note also, when you move into an apartment, you get a refrigerator. You, the refrigerator is occupied by the last tenant, and you move in, and there's ice trays in the refrigerator. Let me ask this, because I want to fucking comment on this 100%, like for fucking real. You move into an apartment, there's a refrigerator. Refrigerator is not, not new, and there's ice containers in the refrigerator. Do you use those ice containers? I don't. I First thing I do, Fuck open that. that shit, throw them away. I've lived in a lot of apartments in New York City, a lot of very clean. Daily I live in a luxury street? building right now. I moved into that apartment, four ice trays. I took those motherfuckers and threw them in the garbage. Yeah, no, that's gross. I just fucking, I, I, I could put them in a dishwasher, wash them, but I'm fucking sorry. weird. And I respect people that Did replace, replace toilet seats. Yeah, toilet yeah. seats. You just can't sit on toilet seats. Yeah, I replaced my toilet seats. Yeah. That's wrong. I replaced my toilet seats. Yeah. I replaced you know my why? toilet. I because demanded them with my landlord. I put, I put my tenants first. No way. And that's what all these new laws are forgetting is that there are great landlords and there are brokers, great brokers like you. We care about the people. We want to give them good housing. How can we do that? Well, hello. First, the minute we started this campaign, so Under One Roof created something in last month. What's Under March. One Roof? Yeah, it does. Under One Roof represents who? Under One Roof represents landlords, tenants, and industry partners. From the minute we started, I in, I insisted, right? I was yelling at everybody. Yeah. Our hashtags were compassion for tenants. We represent the tenants who are renting mm -hmm. from landlords. It's a symbiotic relationship. A landlord doesn't make money without tenants to live in their premise. And a tenant doesn't get the benefit of good housing unless they have a responsible landlord. So those two go hand in hand and that's what our coalition stands for. If there's a landlord out there that is not acting appropriately, that is doing things that harm tenants, we will call you out. We sure. have done that. Sure. We will yeah. issue a press yeah. release you're to not, say, uh, you're, not, you're, you're not, a bad actor, right. get you out. Gotta go. So the problem, is, the problem is you're on the side of both sides. What yeah. you're fighting is are people that are on the side of tenants exclusively. Correct. When you have a landlord, right. You're not on the landlord side always. When you have a landlord that's a bad egg, right. you're not, who's a bad you're, you're just, fuck that. It's what not part of the coalition. What scared me is we had conversations with a tenant association and I sat down with them for 45 minutes and when I started talking about bad actors, which I said existed on both sides, mm -hmm. right. the response back was, there are no bad actors on my side. And that's to me, that was just an irresponsible position yeah. to take. So I went further because I probed because I was sitting there. And I said to her, if, God forbid, your children were subjected to a sex offender who lived in your property and your On the kids, same floor, maybe. Right. God forbid you went to work and you trusted your children to stay by themselves. And God forbid the worst happened, that your children had an incident that forever would change their lives. What do you do about the person in that house? How do you remove them? How do you get your children to feel safe or other families to feel safe? And you know what her answer to me was? you cannot take that house away from that sex offender. The minute you take the house away, you decay that person. And to but me- But they just decayed that right, family. Exactly. So to me, I said to her, I found it to be very irresponsible for someone representing themselves as a tenant association mm -hmm. person, leader, mm -hmm. that one person's overall welfare could be more important than the public at large or the tenants that you represent because what about every other family 
who has right. kids in the premise and has rights and how right and how can one tenant be more important than right. the mass? Here's the there's got to be bad actors on both sides, but and we've got to have a remedy that doesn't take 90 days to remove that. Well, person. here's the thing: there are remedies, code enforcement, the law. There already are laws and and things in place. If they were followed and adhered to, bad actors would be held responsible. But what instead of looking at actually what the problem is and there's a problem on both sides and holding certain people accountable, they're trying to do a blanket yep. statement yep. that's hurting everybody. I tell you, I've been in this business for 30 years. I have never evicted someone because I raised the rent on them. Every person I evicted was for non-payment of rent and they chose not to pay the rent. I have people right now that owe me two and three months worth of rent. Mm -hmm. They lost their job. They have cancer. I work with them. But, I'm not in court with you them. You totally work with them. But I the do. Laws don't allow, I the do. new laws are not going to allow I, I you to fucking work with people. I can't take that chance anymore. People. Because you'll you be can't out of business. And you can't take the chance. I can't. When you're not prepaid rent and no extra security, you can't mm -hmm. take a chance on somebody yeah. that, that's not going to. Yeah. The fact that you can't do a background check on somebody, oh, they've right. been evicted before. Yeah. But so Okay, so I want three months from you because you've been evicted before. I know eviction process is 45 days. Yeah. Now, that would be called the but, good clause eviction. Right. Well, but the now, good clause now eviction. Now talking about criminal backgrounds. Yep. No more ability. Right. That's one of the proposed bills is to add criminal background as a protected class. So you would no longer be able to vet. You don't know who your neighbor is. You don't know who your neighbor is. And that's not fair. How can we as agents, right. how can we as agents deliver good tenants to a, a landlord without knowing who the fuck right. those people are? It's right. just gone too far. And not even, how do we deliver that person to a landlord? Yep. How do we deliver that person to the neighboring apartments? Well, listen to this. Uh, can I, can Albany I... has a law in the books that says if you have enough nuisance calls to your property because you're an irresponsible landlord, have a right to take your but, building. Okay, how do I but, now prevent that when I don't know you're a nuisance problem? But okay, so are Wait, you opposed just, to licensing? Can I, can I, uh, just to, to make everyone else at home feel a little bit better for one second, all right? My, my major in school is political science. I've worked with politicians. I've worked with Congress. I've worked with the state So Senate. fix this. He's let volunteering to Albany with uh, us. Actually, yes, he uh, you're done. You're in. You're right? in. I know, I know a lot of state background. senators up in Albany. I know the assemblymen up there. I know quite what a few of the Democrats and Republicans sure. up there. Sure. No, he's part of it. Monday. I'm, you We're may standing. not be listening to Going me Monday. right now, but let me just say something Next to Monday? you. The way, uh -huh. the way bills and the way bills get passed is that nine times and out of 19. ten, legislation gets passed and it takes three steps forward, and every time it gets fought, it takes two steps back. Let's take something a bit broader for one second from it with me, all right? Just stick with me on this. Look at the Affordable Health Care Act, okay? Mm -hmm. That has taken leaps forward Sorry. in the way we deal with health care in mm -hmm. the system since 2010, right? right? But it's taken multiple steps back over the past decade since its passing. All right. There's been a couple things that have actually been pretty good that have stuck there, like pre-existing conditions. Mm -hmm. Listen, my, my mom's brother was part of that, especially when he had a liver transplant and such, and, and, and I get that. Dude, I, you I know get, we had a oh, client today who had brain cancer. Yes. So my point being yeah. is that I get it. But you have to have some hope in the way the system has always worked mm -hmm. since the beginning of time, that when we pass legislation, we try to take leaps and bounds, and we always take two steps back mm -hmm. and only one step forward. And I think what you both are doing is a great cause, and keep up the fight. I'm happy to help any way I can. You volunteered right. yourself. You're, in. you're coming I to Albany. <laughs> keep bringing scotch. I may be up in Albany by the end of the lobbyists. day. But all my point that I'm trying to make is that it's it's the way the system works, and I think that senators and assemblymen and the governor are not are not inept 
to understanding that there's a right. complete other side to this. Right. Well, that's they're, they're passing, admitting that. They're it's admitting a number that. of people behind they're, it. Right. Just let me finish. They're passing what's popular, not what's smart. And they'll finally realize well, pop, that certain things may be popular to a certain segment of their demographic vote not because that's majority, what it's about when it comes loudest. to politicians. They only care about their base and they care about who they're, what they're voting about, not what they're voting for. Let's wrap. Happy Let's birthday, wrap. Jamie. Let's do a little hey. cheers. Jamie, cheers. happy birthday. Thank you. Cheers. Great discussion, Jamie. I'd say so. Yeah, All right. Five hours. Goodbye. Goodbye.